Hi guys, welcome to this podcast series called A New African Mind, hosted by me, Petrina Eduse. Why should you listen to me? Um, I'm an African and um, I'm trained in dealing with the mind. So I'm a clinical health psychologist based in Ghana. I was trained in the U.S., um, but I'm practicing back home now and I'm absolutely loving it. I believe that the experience that I have has put me in a position where I can speak to you guys um, and learn from you and exchange ideas with you. So throughout this series, we're going to be talking about mental health, but most of it will have um, the approach of an African mind or an African experience. I joke with my friends from all over Africa that I think our parents all went to the same training school. And you guys will understand what I mean if you already haven't figured that out, you know, through your own experiences. But we will talk about mental health issues from anxiety to depression to um, our sense of self, how that's developed and how our culture influences that and how to navigate that. Because one of the, the experiences that I I tend to see, um, I have had that experience and some of my clients have as well, is that when we are becoming aware of the, the impact certain things in our society, you know, have had on us that are unhealthy and we want to begin to make changes and talk about them, there's pushback usually from parents, aunties, uncles, grandparents, and it's almost like, oh yeah, that white people thing. You these kids, you don't know struggle. You have you've had time to, you have time to sit down and worry about your emotions and how do I feel about myself, you know? And so it's almost as though mental health is a luxury or it's a white people thing. This podcast is to create awareness and shed light on issues of mental health pertaining to us as human beings and us as Africans. I live and breathe mental health. And so this is such a great opportunity for me to share what I know with you guys, answer questions, and also learn from you because I will take feedback from you as time goes on. Um, one of my first experiences or first realizations of the impact of our upbringing um, on us was when I was in clinical supervision. And I remember that I was paired with, so let me just tell you guys a little bit if, about supervision. When you are a, uh, an aspiring therapist, as time goes on, you will be assigned a supervisor who will look over your work, um, look over your recording, see how you present yourself as a therapist, you know, with your clients, so on and so forth. Then also talk you through personal stuff. So it's like therapy stroke supervision. So I'm a black African girl who was like a go-getter, um, high achiever. And then I was paired with uh, a white male American guy, um, wonderful guy, one of the best things that has ever happened to me. And he was so sweet, right? Now, mind you, I had just finished my master's in communication from another state when I moved to the state that I was currently in. And my previous supervisor, like when you write a paper and you take it to her, she like read all over red pen marks and things like that. So I, that's what I thrived on. Show me what I'm doing wrong so I can fix it. Show me what I'm doing wrong so I can do it the right way, right? What do I have to aspire to? I'll be so happy when I achieve that thing. And when that thing comes, it's almost like on to the next. And so here I am in the room with him. And when we would start, he would say to me, Petrina, he would look at me and smile and say, Petrina, Tell me three things you did very well this week. 
and automatically it's kind of like uh no i'm not going to brag i don't I, ca- I can't even possibly open my mouth and say things i've done well i'm not i'm not arrogant because that was the automatic um association i made with talking about yourself and what you have achieved and i remember pushing back against it i think the first time we met i probably was able to say only one and then it got to a point where he would sit and look at me with a smile on his face. And so it was kind of like he was very persistent, but in a very gentle way. And it was so unnerving because I was like, no, just tell me what I'm doing wrong so I can fix it. And he's like, I will, Petrina. Just tell me three things you've done very well this week. And I would struggle. And I'd actually, I could feel my body rejecting the very idea of me saying I did something well. And so we kind of worked through that and it got to a point where I knew what was going to happen. So I started preparing myself for it and I'd, I'd look for like highlights of things I was proud of myself for being able to achieve. And then um, one day we were watching one of my videos and he said to me, I noticed that whenever you see your clients struggling emotionally, crying or, or they seem like they are overwhelmed or distraught, your first instinct is to like, cheer them up or try and save them, rescue them from that. Tell me what that's about. And I was like, well, nobody wants to be sad. So yeah, I'm trying to help them. That's the reason why I'm there, you know, as their therapist. And he said, well, I wonder if you're robbing them of their healing by rescuing them so quickly. And here I am in my mind thinking, oh gosh, these white people. Like really someone is, that's what you do when you see people who are hungry and things around the world, you can take pictures and post instead of actually jumping in and helping them out. Then this guy follows with, he chose violence actually. (laughs) He follows with, I noticed that it's hard for you to sit in your own discomfort. It was like almost instantly there was this strong emotion that just welled up to my chest and I was holding it there because if it came out, I would just fall apart in tears and I was fighting back tears and he could see that I was struggling. And he said, you look like you are experiencing some strong emotion, Petrina. Where are you experiencing it? Which part of your body? And he was like, close your eyes. And then I closed my eyes and then he kind of talked me through, tell me where you feel it. And I was like, I feel it in my chest. What does it feel like? And as I began to describe it, I just gave up because I was in my, in the back of my mind, I was fighting the idea of crying. I could not let him see me be weak. And when we're done with all of that, he said, I wonder where that comes from, Petrina. You not allowing yourself to feel vulnerable or unpleasant emotions or emotions that seem weak and instantly first thing that came to my mind was my dad and his response whenever we would cry what's wrong with you how is crying going to solve this situation you know different situations like that and 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 so I began to realize that and I began to also realize how when I achieve something I would really want it. And when I get it, I never, I had never celebrated anything in my life. I wouldn't celebrate my own birthday unless somebody wanted to celebrate me. I wouldn't celebrate any achievement. People go, oh, I graduated. Let's go out. It's something that I had never done. And this is me like around the age of like uh, 30, 31 years. And I realized it was every time I did something or achieved something, my dad would 
the closest you would get to encouragement or congratulations would be, oh, well done, but don't let it get to your head. Or well done, but you can do better. So nothing was ever enough. And I had internalized that. And we're going to talk about things like this. We're going to talk about how you as an adult now, a lot of what you do, what you think, how you treat yourself, what you choose and what you don't choose is based on what you have internalized from your primary caregivers, whether they were your parents, aunties, uncles, or grandparents. Shedding light on things like this, creating awareness on things like this. And the goal is not to make our parents look bad. So I'm not vilifying my dad. He and I have had these conversations about the impact. But the goal is to be able to, number one, heal. So we don't relive the past, but we revisit it. And when you visit, the visit, you know, means that you're going to leave. We revisit the past so we can process, so we can bring out the things we had been feeling, so we can heal. And then also we go back and we revisit the past so that we see patterns of behavior that we might, we might be putting up that we don't want for our children, that we don't want to repeat that may be unhealthy. Because if we don't shine a light on it, mindlessly and unconsciously, we can keep reproducing the same cycles. So again, this is not to vilify our parents, our caregivers is not to say they were bad people, they didn't have the tools themselves. And if you're not aware, you can't be held responsible for what you are not aware of. They were never given the tools by their parents. So how do we begin as adults to shift the way we look at things, to shift the way we think about things that happen to us and with us and within us, to become more aware of what's going on with us, to take our mental health more seriously? And this is what I mean by a new African mind. So looking at ways we can still preserve our values but begin to do away with and unlearn the toxic things that have been passed on to us through many generations, through culture, because we don't talk about these things because they're taboo and a person has been abused and they can't talk about it because it's taboo to talk about it. It will bring shame to the family name. We'll talk about all of that. We'll talk about religion and how everything is pray about it, pray about it, pray about it. I'm not anti-religion. I'm pro-spirituality. I do associate with a specific religion, but I'm more spiritual, I believe, than religious. And I respect all religions as long as they practice with kindness. So please stay tuned. Stay with me on this journey. I hope that you're able to get something from at least one of these episodes. And um, I'll be giving you the opportunity to send me feedback um, ask questions that I'll address in, in subsequent episodes. Thank you for listening, and I hope that in you a new African mind is created.